So this is called the advantage of the Holy Spirit. I love this word advantage. Um, I was thinking about advantage. Advantage means a variety of things, but uh, I was thinking, I looked up last week the, the soccer player that's paid the most. Does anybody know who, which soccer player is paid the most in the world? Neymar, no. At least not last year. Messi. Argentina. Sorry, Brazil. We love Brazil. Messi. Barcelona pays him somewhere around $100 million a year. Can you imagine? That's $2 million a week. And, and Heather and I were talking about this. How do you even spend €2 million Euro a week? That's, that's rough. You've got to figure out ways to spend that. It just keeps coming in, coming in, coming in. And Barcelona doesn't do that just because they think Messi's a nice guy. Like, they, they pay that money out. Why? Because they're going to get that money in. Right? Because they believe that Messi brings their team an advantage. So say advantage. The advantage of the Holy Spirit. Now, here's a question for you. Are you willing to take an advantage? Are you willing to take an advantage? And a lot of us think about taking an advantage as being, like, unethical, right? Oh, I'm going to take that so that I can beat them. But, but what I'm talking about is an ethical advantage. Are you willing to take it so... Uh, if somebody, you know, you're getting on an airplane and they say, hey, sir, we're going to move you to first class. Is that okay with you? How many of you would say, yes, that is okay with you? Okay. <laughs> if you're uh, going to your hotel and they say, sir, we know you booked the cheap room, but we'd like to upgrade you to our suite. Who here would take that advantage? Yeah. Common sense. Uh, Recently, uh, someone kind of shared a, a word that they felt for me. They said, Noel, I feel like God is going to give you a motorcycle, a really nice motorcycle. And I'm, I'm praying. Hallelujah, Martin. Hallelujah, Raphael. There you are. A really nice motorcycle. And I'm praying, Noel, that this motorcycle will have all the bells and whistles. I don't know what that means. That it'll be like a Harley Davidson or something, you know, top of the line. And then they said, I don't know if you've been riding a bike or something like that, but I feel like God's going to give you a motorcycle. Really good one. And I thought this was just a, an awesome picture of the difference between living a life in our own power and living a life in the Spirit. See, there's this power, this advantage that we gain when we have the Spirit of God with us. We're no longer just trying to do it in our own power, but there's some special power, but we, sometimes we just got to figure out how to turn it on, get used to what this thing does, how to change the gears, right? And this is the spirit. There's extra power. Okay, so uh, let's have a look at what Jesus had to say 
about the Holy Spirit that he would send to his followers. John 16, verse 7. This is the next slide. This is what Jesus said. Nevertheless, I tell you the truth. It is to your advantage that I go away. For if I do not go away, the helper, I believe in the Greek it's paraclete, the Holy Spirit will not come to you. But if I go, I will send him to you. Isn't that awesome? Jesus is talking to his disciples before he goes to the cross, and he says, I am going to be leaving, but I'm going to give you this wonderful advantage into your life. And an advantage, there's a lot of different ways they translate it in different versions of the Bible. It can be beneficial. It can be profitable. It can be better for you. So do you guys all want that kind of advantage, something better for you, profitable, beneficial? We all want that. All right, we are in agreement. But do you know that the disciples, I think they just didn't even want to hear this. Isn't that funny? Jesus kept telling them, I'm going to be leaving, uh, and I'm going to send you the Holy Spirit. And the disciples were like, Jesus, don't leave, basically. Because you know why? They got used to Jesus. They got used to having their buddy Jesus. They heard him preach. They started to understand, you know, what he was talking about, like why he would share these certain parables. They knew what color eyes he had. They knew, like, when he would get up in the morning, what he was like. That's pretty interesting. But they got used to having Jesus around. They had lived with him for three years. You get to know somebody sleeping outside under the stars for three years with him. And so they were uncomfortable with Jesus talking about the Holy Spirit because the Holy Spirit coming meant that Jesus was leaving. And they didn't like that. They were uncomfortable because they were comfortable with the way things were. Here's two questions for us. Can can we do the next slide? Do you feel uncomfortable with the Holy Spirit? Do I feel uncomfortable with the Holy Spirit? Do I prefer things just as they are? Are you comfortable in your life with how things are and you've got it kind of figured out? The disciples, they were an interesting moment for them. Okay, what, what I want to do now is I want to look at 12 things that Christians should know about the Holy Spirit. All right? So, <laughs> I know that's a lot of points. Are you ready? Holy Spirit, you empower this. 
May it not just be a null point word, words and points. Uh, again, this is instruction about the Holy Spirit. And this, this stuff, what I'm going to show you, some scriptures and some points, it can, be, it can be kind of like boring. It's like information. And sometimes we're like overloaded with information, right? We're watching YouTube videos all day. We're distracted by so many different things. But information is important. It's very important to get God's word into your life. Um, and I think especially with the Holy Spirit, Having a, an understanding of God's word about the Holy Spirit is super important. And if you don't have this, then you're actually at a lack. Because it's through the, God's word and the scripture that we, we come to know, actually, the Holy Spirit better. And, and so, but not only the information do I want. Again, I just want to emphasize this. I'm not only looking for the information, but the reason that I give the information is because I want us to encounter the Spirit in new ways. But it's very important for us to have information, too. So, number one, the Holy Spirit is God. We, we sang it. I believe in God the Father. I believe the, in Christ the Son. I believe in the Holy Spirit. Our God is three in one. And you can worship the Holy Spirit. You are allowed to pray to the Holy Spirit. And you can even sing to the Holy Spirit. God the Father is not going to be jealous. Jesus isn't going to be upset. Okay? This is God. This is the Holy Spirit. Okay, number two. The Holy Spirit, using people, wrote the Bible. 2 Timothy 3.16 says... All scripture is God-breathed and is useful for teaching, rebuking, correcting, and training in righteousness. Then 2 Peter 1.21 says, For prophecy never had its origin in the human will of man, but men spoke from God as they were carried along by the Holy Spirit. So the Holy Spirit... I believe that the Holy Spirit can speak to us today in a variety of different ways, but he will not contradict what he's already said in his word. So it's very important. And the word of God is our authority. So when the Holy Spirit comes in and, you know, is moving and speaking stuff, one of the most important things that we can do is bring it under. What does God's word say? Is this the spirit from the spirit? So then we compare it to what he's already spoken in his words. Very important. Number three, the Holy Spirit is the spirit of truth. Can you say truth? God is not a liar. As a kid, actually, I struggled with lying for a number of years, stealing and lying. Can you believe it? Unbelievable. I stole money from people, and I lied to my parents. Hard to believe. God is not a liar, and he doesn't like lying. Amen. So now you know.
virtually the first thing that Jesus said, this is on that, that scripture, John 14, 17, he said that the, the Holy Spirit is the spirit of truth. And uh, truth means genuineness, trustworthiness, faithfulness, integrity. The Holy Spirit, in one way, is the opposite of Satan, right? Do you know what Satan is? He's a liar. He is the father of lies. He lives to deceive. He doesn't mind saying a little bit of truth, but he always has a twist at the end. Okay, this is Satan, and this is the Holy Spirit. Number four. The Holy Spirit is our teacher. John 14, 26 says, He will teach you all things. And it's amazing. The Holy Spirit is so awesome. I remember as a teenager, uh, being in a time of worship, and uh, just kind of like how we are here today, and I had this amazing revelation and I had heard it for a lot of years growing up because I had gone to church as a kid and I had heard, you know, God loves you. Jesus died on the cross for you. But, you know, sometimes, do, do you ever have things where you heard it for maybe for years and then finally it just clicked? And the Holy Spirit does that. It's amazing. There can be things that you've heard forever and then he comes in and and he says, you know, Noel, God loves you. God made you. God knows all about you. Jesus died on the cross because you're a sinner and you needed forgiveness. And he wants to be with you. And you could hear that. I, some of you, I'm probably speaking this to you. You have no idea what that truly means deeply. But the Holy Spirit can come and he can touch your heart and you can have this spiritual revelation that, wow, like, God loves me. Like, I mean, not just, he just doesn't love the world. He doesn't just love, you know, all these people because he made us, but he actually loves me. It's amazing. The Holy Spirit is a teacher. Number five, the Holy Spirit will convict us of sin. This is what John 16, 8 says. He will convict, convict the world concerning sin and righteousness and judgment. Again, this is similar to that revelation of, of God's love. He can also give us a revelation of our wickedness. And that's what he does when he convicts us of sin. He helps us to see, actually, that, wow, I'm not, I'm not that great as I thought I was. I'm not so righteous. I know I compare, maybe compared to that person, I'm righteous. But compared to a holy God, and I need you, God, help me. I'm a sinner. And do you know one of the greatest blessings of the Holy Spirit that you can have in your life? is that he would convict you of sin. It is so amazing. If you feel like, oh, I'm so, I'm like dirty, I'm messed up, that's a wonderful blessing. Do you know why? 
Because God doesn't just want to point the finger. He wants to help you out and clean you up and make you righteous. And it's such good news that God is like that. So whenever he's pointing, he's not just there to kick you on the ground, point out your faults. He's there to just pull you out of that. And you can turn to him. So this, this is what the Holy Spirit does. Number, number six, the Holy Spirit is our guide. John 16, 13 says, he will guide you into all the truth. Uh, he's a guide. Does anybody, uh, does anybody love to not use Google Maps when they try to find places? My wife does. My wife does not like to use Google Maps. Anybody else with my wife? All right. Yes. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. <laughs> All right. I'm really setting you up. The Holy Spirit is our guide. So, but sometimes some of us don't like asking for directions. Like, I'll just find it myself. I know where I'm going. Four hours later, okay. <laughs> All right, I'll check. No, I'll open up Google Maps. <laughs> I'll let her speak sometimes. She can take it out on me. Uh, but the Holy Spirit is our guide, and so we can ask him, you know, Holy Spirit, can you help me? You know, I don't know what I'm doing here. I don't know how to navigate this situation with, with my sister. I don't know how, what should I say, or I know I've spoken some bad things, or, and Holy Spirit, can you just kind of direct me? I need your help in this situation. He's our guide. He guides us into truth. Okay, number seven, the Holy Spirit is our reminder. John 14, 26 says, he will remind you of everything I have said to you. So Jesus was speaking about the Holy Spirit. Again, he was kind of like laying out the advantages of the Holy Spirit to the disciples. And he said that the, he, the Holy Spirit's going to remind you of everything that I said to you. So when I go, don't worry. But I've shown you what I've taught you guys, what you've seen, the miracles, the, the different things going on, how I spoke and did things. The Holy Spirit's going to remind you at the right time. And, and so this is a, another um, kind of a connection again to God's Word because he, the Holy Spirit doesn't remind them of things that they never heard. The Holy Spirit reminds them of what they had put into themselves through walking with Jesus. So having God's word, the Holy Spirit will remind us if we, you know, get God's word into our lives. So that's why it's, um, I know sometimes maybe church could be boring. Maybe Noel talks like 10 minutes over the time. But you know what? If I'm giving you God's word, it's worth it. And you may, you may not, you may be like, um, half asleep, but you know what? It's amazing. You may be getting the Word of God in anyway, even though you don't know it. And maybe that when you got that Word, in another week, you're going to think, you're going to be in a situation, and the Holy Spirit's going to remind you, oh yeah, this is what God's Word says. I needed that right then, in that moment. So this is how, he's our reminder. Okay, I'm going to go to it. So it's 
it's just important to get God's word. That's why you can memorize the scripture. That's why you can read the Bible every day. It's amazing. The Holy Spirit just brings that, that stuff up. It's like a treasure box. You just throw stuff in there, and then the Holy Spirit brings out the right thing at the right time. Number eight, the Holy Spirit directs people to Jesus. So if you're having a spiritual moment, and that spiritual moment, like, this is Jesus then you can know that it's not the Holy Spirit. It's some other spirit that you probably don't want to be involved with. John 15, 26 says, He will testify about me. What makes people want to turn to Jesus? The Holy Spirit. What makes Jesus real to your heart, like I said before? The Holy Spirit. What makes what he did for us, dying on the cross, what makes it real to us and relevant? The Holy Spirit. He's working in people's lives. It's amazing. Number nine. The Holy Spirit gives power. Say power. Say power like you're powerful. Say power like you're really powerful. Acts 1.8 You will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you. And you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. So... Again, Jesus is laying out the advantages of the Holy Spirit to his disciples. And he says, I'm going to give you the Holy Spirit and you're going to get power. Who would like the motorcycle more than the bike? You, you know, if, you, if you're sure you're not going to get in an accident, who would like a motorcycle better than a bike? I would, okay. I would, some of you would. Some of you won't. That's okay. You can still have the Holy Spirit. So this moment came in Acts 2, you remember? And um, it was experiential because Jesus had talked about the Holy Spirit. He had instructed his disciples about the advantages. But then there came this moment when they experienced the Spirit with power. Say power one more time. Power. Power. And it says that... uh, They could hear a sound like a mighty rushing wind. And then they saw tongues of fire, you know, on each other. And then it says they, like, had this external experience, internal experience that became external. Like, they could feel it. And they began to speak in other tongues they began to praise God, and all these people from different, that had different languages would hear them praising God, and they heard it in their own language. They're like, what's going on here? These guys must be drunk. And they're like, no, it's only 9 a.m. We don't drink that early. 
So there was this experience that happened. And, um, and not only that, but as the Spirit came, the Spirit revealed, again, revealed to the disciples, why did Jesus die? You just see Peter just kind of laying out the spiritual truths that the Holy Spirit was revealing in that moment. And then tons of people gave their lives to Christ, and they said, you know, we need Jesus. Isn't that awesome? You see how the Holy Spirit works? See how it's so linked to the work of Christ as well, like Jesus? It's so important. And uh, supernatural stuff going on. And, you know, it must have been fun. I think that must have been fun. They must have been having fun. Do you think they were having fun? I think they must have been having fun. Like, that would be crazy. Thousands of people coming to Christ, watching them as Peter speaks. And they're like, whoa, what do we do? What, what happened to you? We want what happened to you. But, do you. but also, not only I think they were having a great time, but, but what was it for? It was for others. It gave them power to be witnesses, to tell others this good news. And, and it was just amazing. Uh, okay, so power. Paul said that the kingdom of God consists not in talk, but in power. Number 10. We're getting there. Holy Spirit manifests through various spiritual gifts. 1 Corinthians 12. I'm going to read verse 7 to 10. It says, Now to each one the manifestation of the Spirit is given for the common good. These include wisdom, words of knowledge, faith, healing, miraculous powers, prophecy, discernment of spirits, different kinds of tongues, and interpretation of tongues. So the Holy Spirit manifests through various spiritual gifts. And uh, that word manifest is a weird word, isn't it? You ever think about that word? I think that's a weird one. Manifest. Um, but what I, what I think it is, it's kind of like, basically, it's when something not seen is made seen. This is just the null definition. Okay, simple. Something that's not like you can't, you don't know what's going on, and then, oh, there it is. And do you remember when uh, there was this wedding and they ran out of wine, and they were like, "What are we gonna do? Our wedding is ruined." And so Jesus' mom said, "Jesus, come on, come on, Jesus." And so Jesus says, "Okay, pour the waters into these jars." They poured the waters, and then it says, if, if you look at the scripture, it says that. And in this, Jesus manifested his glory. So it's like he was showing who he really was through this miraculous thing that he did of turning the water into the wine. And so it's interesting then, the Holy Spirit manifests through the spiritual gifts, but who are the ones that are supposed to have the spiritual gifts? Let's look at number 11. The Holy Spirit manifests through various fruit. Aren't I getting good now? This is getting really good. 
Galatians 5:22 to 23. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. So probably, probably it's possible to have the gifts of the Spirit but not have the fruit of the Spirit. And it could be possible, that's possible to have the fruit of the Spirit but not have the gifts of the Spirit. But who would like both? Yeah. Give me the full, give me the full upgrade. Amazing. I'm not going to spend a lot of time on this. There's like, I could have like uh, 500 things that Christians should know about the Holy Spirit. I've limited it to 12, okay? But I want to go on a side tangent just for a moment under this, the fruit of the Spirit. And there's a scripture in Ephesians chapter 4, and it says, Do not grieve the Holy Spirit of God by whom you were sealed for the day of redemption. Can you just say grieve for a moment? The Holy Spirit is sensitive to how we live our lives. And um, I thought it's really interesting. So I was, I was reading that, and I was saying, so how do I do that? When do I grieve the Holy Spirit? I don't want to make the Holy Spirit sad. I don't want him to be happy with me, right? And I, I looked at, at the verses around that. This um, Ephesians 4.30, do not grieve the Holy Spirit. And I made a little, like, bullet list of the things that he was talking about in Ephesians. So he says, put away falsehood. Speak truth with your neighbor. So speak the truth. When you don't speak the truth, you grieve the Holy Spirit. Uh, then he says, be angry, but don't sin. Good. So check out. When you get angry, have I brought this anger too far? Is this a righteous anger or an unrighteous anger? Unrighteous anger is probably going to grieve the Holy Spirit. Number three, he says, if you're a thief, no longer steal, but do honest work so that you can share with others. Amazing. Number four, he says, Give up corrupt talk. Don't talk dirty. But build others up. Dirty can be a lot of things. Obviously, it's when you put others down, that's going to grieve the Holy Spirit. Consider that. Then a couple more, just two more. He, he says, put away bitterness, wrath, anger, clamor, slander, malice. Instead, be kind tender-hearted, forgive one another as you have been forgiven by God. Isn't it? So that's good. Is that good? That's good. That's God's word for you today. But grieve. Don't grieve the Holy Spirit. Okay, number 12, my last one. Can I get an amen? amen. <laughs> Acts 4.31. After they prayed, the place where they were meeting 
was shaken, and they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and spoke the word of God boldly. So this is it, but that's, that's not Acts 2. That's Acts chapter 4, two chapters later than the day of Pentecost. Isn't that interesting? This is really cool for me to see because um, pr- probably this was weeks later, okay? And so what happened was they, had all, they were all together. They got filled with the Spirit. The, you know, there was that sound of the mighty rushing wind, and there were tongues of fire, and they were speaking in different languages. And then Peter has thousands of them come to the front to get prayer because they want to repent and be baptized and be filled with the Holy Spirit. And then probably weeks later, Acts chapter 4 happens. And what happens is that there was a guy, I, I believe he was paralyzed for 40 years. And a couple of the disciples were out there, and they end up healing him. And it just goes crazy. And, and the, the Jewish leaders, you know, you would think, wow, this guy's been healed. It's been 40 years. Like, you would think everybody would be like, yes, awesome. But the Jewish leaders were not, yes, awesome. They were like this. And the reason they were like this is because they did this healing in Jesus' name. And so they were in trouble. And these leaders, you know, because they had already killed Jesus, these leaders said, stop doing that in Jesus' name. So I think the disciples were probably afraid. So they went to their friends and they said, guys, we're afraid. Let's pray. And so they prayed this amazing prayer. Lord, give us boldness to be able to speak in your name. Lord, stretch out your hand and do wonderful miracles. Keep doing what you're doing, Lord. And then, this is what happens. After they prayed, the place where they were meeting was shaken, and they were all filled. So do you see it's like another filling? They were all filled with the Holy Spirit and spoke the word of God boldly. So from that scripture, I'm just reminded that the Holy Spirit wants to fill us, but then he wants to fill us, and then he wants to fill us, and then he, he's, he is willing to fill us, and then he might fill us after that, and then fill us again. Uh, I, I went away for for five days, and I was, I was kind of tired, and my wife let me go away and go to a conference, and I just, uh, just had time being able to pray, being able to worship, and hear a good word, and uh, God really spoke one main thing to me that whole time. <laughs> I was looking for a lot of things. But one main thing he really spoke into my heart, and I I wrote it up here. He said it in a personal way, but I think it's relevant to all of us as as his church here in Port Leash. He said, Noel, the vital thing you bring. Can you show that slide? Noel, the vital thing you bring is an empty vessel yourself. This is a vessel I can fill over and over and overflowing." Not just a double portion, but an unending measure. 